Hey everyone, this is Phil and Lilith of the Capes and Lunatics podcast. You're listening to Into the Night, the, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. This is Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 238, and you're with your hypersequential Ray. Hello, this is a moonshine. I didn't put that in the prompt sheet, but yeah, I'll just call it the moonshine. And we're back to a new comic book review, baby. And joining me uh, for this adventure is uh, the other hypersequential, Rebecca. Rebecca, welcome. Hi. Yes. <laughs> Rebecca's joined us for, um, hopefully, I mean, like, touch wood, Rebecca, uh, yeah. you know, most, if not all of the issues of the current series, it's, um, it's great to have you on all of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to, like the, you know, mm-hmm. time, time zones, time zones, uh, allowing, uh, yes, yeah. schedules and stuff, but that's really cool to have Rebecca, um, and also returning after our chat with, uh, uh, on Lena's article on understanding DRD part two is the power oh, of Chad. Chad, welcome back. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, good. Good, Chad. Good, Chad. Uh, pretty cool chat that we had earlier on. Uh, as uh, just looking at video here, and <laughs> Rebecca's being assaulted in, in, you know, in the best possible way, if you can say that. <laughs> Uh, you'll have to see the video if you, if you want to know what we're talking about. But uh, yes, welcome, welcome, Chad. Uh, great chat. Looking forward to having you on this one as well. I mean, we have got Jen McKay and Alessandra Capuccio's latest issue of Moon Knight, issue three, and sorry, I should say Rochelle Rosenberg as well. Oh my God, fantastic colours fantastic in this issue. Colours in this issue, yeah. Ah, oh, gee, so really have to make a shout out. I, I reached out to her a little bit on Instagram just to. Because she was asking, like, you know, she had that, um, ask me some questions, I've got some time, and I'll see if I can answer, and I just kind of fanboyed, saying, oh, I really I really <laughs> love the the colours on Moon Knight 3, well, you know, what's behind it, uh, all that. So, um, yeah, no, definitely great work from Rochelle. Uh, as always, as well, to, to cap, to top the show, uh, a big thank you to Petrunis, those listed as co-producers and executive producers on each of the episodes. Uh, also, they are listed on the Patreon temple over on itkmoonnight.com. A big thank you to Daniel, Drew, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, and Michael. And as for our sponsors, two of these are our top-tier Petrunis, uh, Tombs on SoundCloud uh, and also Lurk Music on Bandcamp, both Drew Toombses. Uh, one of our Petrunis uh, works for music. Uh, he produces dance music on SoundCloud under Tombs, and uh, he does horror and sci-fi inspired soundscapes under Lurk Music on Bandcamp. Also as well, our, our great friend of the show, Daniel Doing, cosplayer and creator, and his Fringe Night, an in- original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero. And finally, Dreamland Comics from Illinois, the superhero superstore. Get your back issues from there. Order them up, yeah, hit hit them up on that, and and you know make a saving. So uh, yeah, Rebecca and Chad. Uh, oh, before we get into it, Rebecca, <laughs> a couple of couple of things. Uh, maybe just want to chat about. Um, yeah, yeah. The first one being a very random MCU rumor I heard that touches ooh. potentially on Moon Knight. 
and like, it's not from anyone that I would say that I've followed for ages or whose um, information is always correct. But it's so out there that I thought, like, it's not something you would guess. I mean, it may very well be a guess. Like, I, like I'm putting no stock in this whatsoever. <laughs> but they were talking Armour Wars and they said there's a rumour that the West Coast Avengers will come together in Armour Wars. Whoa! Like, I don't really? know why. Like, why? Who knows? But, like, we are missing a huge chunk of what happens in the comic of Armour Wars because we don't have Tony Stark. So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they had other rumours about Armour Wars. I'm not sure if there's any point in going into those because this isn't an Iron Man podcast, though it could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, with me around but um yeah that was so that one just kind of i mean everything else they said sounded totally likely and not that hard to guess oh but um yeah west <laughs> yeah sorry uh, <laughs> that was just a really random because i so I, the only reason i'm mentioning it is because it was such a like we've we've talked a bit i'm sure we've mentioned it before with speculation for the show is obviously that's one of the teams he was on and uh you know, we have a lot of the other West Coast events in play now. So it's a potential, you know, where people are saying, are they going to move towards Thunderbolts? They're going to move to West Coast Avengers. But for it to, I, I don't know why they'd be in Armor Wars. So uh, <laughs> but if they are, yeah. you heard it here first from some Ooh. random person on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chad, what do you reckon? Um, this sounds good. I'd love it to be true. Like she said, there's a lot of pieces that are just not there, though. It's like, yeah. how do you make up for that? Except for, like, you know, just kind of ramshackle throwing stuff together. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who do we have? I mean, I'm thinking immediately, we've got US Agent and we've got Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, I mean, potentially then that opens the door to Mockingbird from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know whether she'll come back. Or they recast, um, I mean. Like, or they re- yeah, yeah, re- It doesn't sound like there'll be all that much um, connection in between them. Okay. Um, uh, cool. I mean, we have Pim around. Pim, so... yeah. We just need Tigra, um, which I know some one person, at least on Twitter, the world of Tigra, uh, she'll be over the moon with that, <laughs> with that if that eventuates. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I mean that's it. I mean it's anything really goes. As you said, it's a bit of a weird one to be introduced through Armor Wars. Um, I mean, you, you can make anything work theoretically. Yeah, but yeah, you know, who knows? Yeah. Well, okay, interesting. I'll, you know, take it with a grain of salt, loony listeners. Um, any other any other rumors there? Did you have Rebecca? Uh, I don't. I can't remember no. what the other thing I was going to talk about was. No, I can't. Remember. I think the other. Oh, it's Kang. We're talking Kang too. Kang. Oh yeah, Kang. You should. Because yeah. Well, unless you want to talk about now. Oh, we can talk about now because, like, yeah. Yeah, Chad, um, we were we broached the subject in in the episode prior, um, but I mean, I don't know too much of it, Rebecca. I know you've most likely read it. Have you read one and two? I read one and two because I wanted to put. Okay. I wanted to put two in context. I didn't want to just. I mean. I, I I ordered them anyway. They were just on this big pile of comics I hadn't read. So, like, because once you told me Moon Knight was going to be in two, I was like, oh, I wanted to read Kang anyway. But then it sort of moved up from the old trade buy to I'll just get it as it's going. Because uh, I love Kang as well. So it, was, it wasn't a hardship. But it's an incredibly good comic. Okay, I was about to ask so, your thoughts yeah, on it. It's yeah, it's really well written. Um, I imagine as we're going through time travel and stuff, it's, it will start melting my brain as they 
try and make sense of it. It's basically like Nathaniel Richards. It's basically redoing Kang's origin, but not redoing it, just telling it all. So you start, it starts on Nathaniel Richards and then he goes back in time mm-hmm. and comes under the tutelage of Kang. And so issue two, he is um, in Egypt and comes up against Ramatut. Okay. So, which is the Kang variant. Yes. Since yeah, we've, yeah. Now, we've now moved to MCU naming mentions. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, basically that's who Kang was in that period. And have you have you guys read it? Issue two. No, no, I haven't picked up a copy. No, right, I so wanted he, to probably. So yeah. he ends up um, being sort of grabbed from the fighting by the Moon Knight of the time, who mm. takes him to Konshu's temple. And um, things happen. I, I don't want to spoil yeah. anything. Like, it's oh, like I mean, female Moon Knight. So yes. Yeah. We, I mean, I think. Oh, Chad, yeah. Did we Phoenix mention that? Page's yeah. Name. Yeah. R- so, Ravona. Ravona. Yeah. Ravona Kang's great love. The thing that Nathaniel's been told to not do is fall in love, and he falls in love. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think what other bits are relevant. It's cool Moon Knight costume she gets. Um, yeah, the art looks good. That yeah, looks great. the art's fantastic. Writing's extremely good. Um, do you think? Do you think there'll be there's a um, a part for for this Moon Knight to play in the later issues, or is this like a just a cameo? I think this is just a cameo. Except okay, that yeah, she's yeah. Ravona. So if we go back to Ravona again and we see her in a different time period, we don't know if they'll reference the Moon Knight issue. Okay. Um, that she was Moon Knight. She talks about her parents being the will of Konshu, so they were obviously involved in the Konshu thing. So, like, given that we're about to talk about fists of Konshu, I thought that framing was interesting. Also, that it was maybe a familial thing or something that if you were connected, you might become Moon Knight. Um, trying to think what other relevant things they talk about. They t- um, Ramatut talks about, I think, Konshu being a dead god like or or not really a god or just not there so there's a little bit of that kind of like is this whole religion thing at an end because he's looking at it from sort of kang's point of view like and then at the end you get apocalypse obviously Jeez. it's always getting a bad rap can't you yeah it doesn't matter whether it's from well, humans it's so or deities I, I think i think it's more in this case that he's saying the whole egyptian pantheon oh okay is, that age is gone and now it's the age of apocalypse and like, and in between, you've had, kind of had Ramatuts taken over, so it's his age, and then Apocalypse comes, and um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think I think it's Konshu is picked out because they've got a Moon Knight there, which is kind of interesting because, you know, it's not that long. We haven't had this sort of like long line of Moon Knights for all that long. No, no. Like in in the sort of consciousness, and 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 all of a sudden, it's going to become incredibly relevant in this issue in issue of Moon Knight. So um so it was they kind of like considering they were out within a week of each other, it's an interesting sort of time. For me, it's cool to see another female Moon Knight. So we don't we're not just stuck with twenty ninety nine anymore. Um but again, like we've not seen many variants of Moon Knight. Like and uh, it it's added so much to it and it's gonna be interesting to see how I mean Jed's the first person who's really been able to play off it. So um, yeah, so I, and and the fact that it's mentioned in Moon Knight three, and that we've even got Hunter's Moon, suggests that we that Moon Knight is one of the characters that is in for expansion. 
that that's you know so that's cool yeah i love that idea um they really can kind of develop and and grow that side of things for moon knight and yeah you're right we did see it was kind of like a, the floodgates opened about this whole thing about it started with the bemis uh issue I think I'm going to say 189. It's the second issue of his where he spoke of that legacy. That kicked it off. Then we got Jason Aaron doing his thing. We got oh, um, we had the uh, Order of Set stuff. What was that one? Oh, Serpent War. Serpent um, War. Serpent, Serpent War. War. Yep, and and the Colin Bunn uh, annual yeah. Moon Knight yeah. annual yeah. with Kang. So you know, in the space of what a couple of years, this whole thing has kind of you know exploded. Really, like, taken off. Yeah. Yeah. Chad, what do you reckon? What are your thoughts? I know you. I think yeah. I know you. You're kind of on board with it. But what are your thoughts on this whole side of thing of Moon Knight being a legacy, like that people pick up, you know, from the from the caveman to present day. Like some people online were going on saying that you know Ravona is the new like brand new first Moon Knight online. It's just like, are you are you kidding? This. Like, it's great to see more Moon Knights. That's awesome. But, I mean, they have it dated back to 1 million BC. With yeah, yeah. BC <laughs> so it's like, yeah. if you actually read the comics, you'd know that was incorrect. <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah, that 1 million BC, um, that Moon Knight was pretty cool. I, rem- I remember. Yeah, yeah. Was that the one? Uh, not, not the Caveman one, like we saw on the Jason Aaron one, but it was the one where he ends up sitting... Like face to face with her, because oh, that was another female uh, Moon Knight. Yeah, that's the ancient Mesopotamian one. Yeah, and that was, I think, an awesome one. Yeah, yeah. doesn't that that predates the one million beast? Uh, uh, terrible with my does it? Oh, I don't know. I thought she was meant to be the very first one. I I can't remember. Um, maybe. Yeah, I'm not I... entirely sure that how I thought. I have to read it all again because I. That's the problem with like reading them in passing. Mm. Is that you kind of forget what order they come in? Like you remember the issues, you just because they're all within that two-year period, and we're like, but with massive month gaps in between them. Yeah. Um, oh, my head cannon. <laughs> I'm going to just say she is until I reread the annual. <laughs> so why not, stubborn Ray? Um, uh, and, and any other news? Any other things that we want to kind of um, before we jump? There's there's plenty here, Looney listeners. We we got a mountain of feedback, uh, but there's just so much to talk about for this issue. So um, unless there's any any other uh, little tidbits, no, I can't give anything. Uh, Moon Knight's almost finished shooting. That's about it, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's exciting. Like, like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Do you know how they're going with just incidentally She Hulk? Do you know? Are they nearly done with that or? They were filming around the same time, so I, I'm okay. guessing they're also. Who knows? It's very strange how much we haven't seen this current run. It's like, you know, a little bit of Hawkeye, but, you know, Hawkeye's almost out. Yeah. And then there's nothing for She Hulk. There's I like nothing it. for anyone. It's just. Ms. Marvel, which. Ms. Marvel, no, there's that one photo. has been uh, pushed back. Um, I and mean, we've got this uh, Disney Plus day on November twelfth. So that's when Shang Chi, Shang Chi, gets released uh, for streaming, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but also, there's going to be some Marvel snippets. So I'm guessing we might get teaser trailers for all of them. Oh my gosh! That'll be so cool. Or photos or posters, or we might get a date for Moon Knight. 
Yep. I'm I'm still holding on to the fact, uh, yeah, that Disney Day. Yeah, hopefully, if if things work, we can do like a watch party or something. I don't know where. It, I don't know if it's streamed or it's you know. Um, yeah, but we've got to do something to to make sure that we get the news as it comes to hand. So, um, yeah, exciting, exciting. All right, well, how about we dive into into this? Um, and I haven't actually spoken to either of you about the synopsis uh, who'd, if you'd like to read it anyway uh, I'll figure that out as we come, go along uh, Looney listeners what we usually do if you haven't listened before uh, not only for new comics but our comic book review uh, we'll go through the credits uh, where you can source this material then we'll go through a bare bones which is uh, which is a synopsis uh, followed by just some notes Just we're just basically going to discuss it and what we thought was good about the writing art themes uh you know, characterizations, any references. Uh, and then we're going to cap it off with a moon rating system. Now, I guess I should always ask, uh, Rebecca, mm-hmm. what moon rating system would you like to take on board? I have this, to decide uh... now, blimey. Let me have a look. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see Connors. <laughs> yeah, of course. Con- Connor Shoes gets, uh, gets one, one, uh, one tally there. How about you, Chad? Yeah, I'll take Connors. Take Connors. Hey, why don't we just all do Connors? Because I, I feel like doing a bit of Connors uh, rating system too. So we're going to go with the Connors shoes rating system. If you don't know what that is, you'll find out soon <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, okay. Well, how about look just on the fly here, uh, Rebecca? Would you be able to? Yeah, I'll read the whole thing. Don't you worry. Yay! Any cool, mistakes to raise, though? Oh, they so are. I just they want are. To point that out to everyone. But uh, don't worry, I'll be, I'll be, he, you know, he, he put in the work to summarize it. So I'll be, <laughs> I'll be polishing it up, Rebecca. Good, uh, it'll be good reverb. Don't worry, and the uh, the background music, and it, it also as well. I'm quite happy. I think I told you both. Um, so I, because I, uh, you know, Wiki, you know, how anyone can put something on Wiki. Yeah. No one was putting anything on the Jed McKay. How dare um, they? Issues. How I know. Except the solicit synopsis. I thought no. Exactly. Get on it, wiki worms. Wiki people. You faceless people. Um, So anyway, I thought, look, I'm writing these things. I might as well just chuck them in there. So, yeah. Um, If you do see it, loony listeners, I haven't plagiarised. You know, that that comes from here. This is all raised. This is the raw and hodgepodge and everything. Um, So anyway, we are going through Moon Knight, Volume 9, Issue 3, it's called Two Fisted, uh, released 22nd of September 2021. Rebecca, um, please <laughs> refrain from any sort of remark. Uh, I've Jed no Mc... remark. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the face. It's all in the face. Jed McKay, uh, writer, penciler, inker, Alessandro Capuccio, colorist, Rochelle Rosenberg, letterer, VCs, Corey Petit, and editor, Tom Bravort. Now we've got some covers from Steve McNiven uh, and Frank Damata and a variant cover of, I believe, the 10th anniversary of Miles Morales. Uh, and that's by Greg Land, Frank Damata, and, and there's another one with Rod Reyes as well. He does a, another variant. Now you can currently get this on floppy format and, um, and it's on digital as well because it's obviously new. Um, so yeah, Rebecca, if you'd be so kind as to, um, yep, you know, highlight the, the mistakes in my. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sturman and Mr. Knight discuss a matter troubling Mr. Knight. From his confrontation with Hawley, Mr. Knight now knows someone is behind the scenes contracting killers to break him. 
Dr. Sturman wonders whether the reason Mr. Knight called an emergency session was because he suspected her, but she's surprised when he admits that he fears it's actually himself intent on his own destruction. Later, Reese approaches Mr. Knight, concerned he's going back on his word to protect the likes of herself and Terry, both vampires, as Terry was found attacked and injured from multiple crescent darts. Mr. Knight assures her it wasn't him, and upon investigating the rooftops, Moon Knight is soon attacked by the culprit, the Hunter's Moon. The two fists battle across the city with Hunter's Moon determined to correct Moon Knight and bring him into Conchu's fold. Certain irregularities are revealed concerning Hunter's Moon. Moon Knight lacks the frowning... Moon Knight lacks the fighting prowess of one anointed by Conchu through the chorus of ordination. He's also appalled at Moon Knight, forming a congregation of their sworn enemies, vampires. He leaves Moon Knight a wreck and makes his way to the Midnight Mission to remove the distraction and terminate all those associated with Moon Knight. Hunter's Moon breaks in, but before he can do any major damage, Moon Knight dives back in and bludgeons him to an inch of his life. Midnight leaves Hunter's Moon with a grim warning. Should he ever again consider jeopardizing Moon Knight's friends, avoid my attention in the future, lest I become even more interesting. Yes, so that was Two Fisted, uh, issue three from Moon Knight. Uh, Chad, um, overall impressions. I mean, what did you make of, of, uh, of this issue? I think it was fantastic at its, uh, like, portrayal of, like, action. And I love that Mark was essentially too much of a street fighter to line up to, like, traditional fighting stances and stuff. We've always known that Mark is just, like, one of the best combatants, despite being human. So this just proves it even more. It's like, you know, there's this supernatural heirloom abilities, and he just too much of a mongrel for him <laughs> yeah no yeah absolutely um yeah and rebecca what did you like when you put it down did you, you know, I, did it blow your mind uh i, I don't know if it blew my mind <laughs> <laughs> it's a fairly lofty goal i mean there's not many comics i would say have done that but um i i really liked it again i think like it got a lot of information out there for an action-packed like you know I've, I've read many comics that are just one long elongated fight with sort of bookends and this one managed to get the exposition in much more uh fluidly and uh just work much better with the actual story i think i think maybe i'd like it to have continued a bit longer like i'm not sure i mean i kind of agree i'm like i i also had questions about whether mark's fighting isn't beautiful um because he had a lot of experience, and I mean, I you know, I I accept the beauty of fighting, but I'm not sure Hunter's Moon was any more graceful. But uh, it was an interesting kind of thing. Like maybe it's something you can tell when you're actually hand to hand with someone, rather than um, portraying it on a, a comics page. Um, I, th- I I I think it's an interesting introduction to Hunter's Moon. I like that Mark uh, knew who he was straight away, and. Um, Oh yeah, he knew he knew as Doctor Badder. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I like the sort of play of like I'm a doctor. I like all these people trying to fix Mark. I think there's some really interesting parallels with his friends and with the uh, Doctor Sturman and what Mark's Mark trying to heal himself. So I, I think there's uh, some interesting themes we're we're seeing coming into play. 
Um, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just a. Off the back of what you were saying, Rebecca, I think just number one, I think Jed McKay is just a very tight rider. That that's a sense that I got. Like it's just as you said, like for me the pacing was good. He managed to um you know, inject these important bits of information and exposition in it along the way without it seeming like, oh, he's just this is just exposition Phil, you know. Um he kept it he kept it up up vibe and, and kind of like really um visceral with the action and actually interesting point that you make i do agree it's um maybe potentially because uh, it doesn't come across in the the actual artwork with the fighting you don't see yeah you don't see that kind of scruffiness from uh from mark it's generally just from what hunter's moon has been describing so you kind of take it on board it's like yeah. oh, okay so mark's not um but it would have been nice actually to, to somehow see that um way the way i maybe kind of rationalize that was uh it seemed i mean but then again hunter's moon was doing it as well but moon Knight seemed to just be taking a lot of hits and he was kind of getting up and he was looking a bit more scraggly but as i said I like hunter's moon show, i think it that. maybe shows the most with him sort of bludgeoning hunter's moon at the end it's probably like that the messiest fighting because that's um uh because it's taking on board a weapon and a a blunt weapon and it's kind of uh hammering home a message yeah well yeah literally yeah. hammering literally. home something i'm try, trying to hammer that into hunter's moon yeah i like that panel like you see yeah. reese and i don't know the name of the other vampire um uh, terry, there. terry. The, but terry's the red isn't he the red-headed guy and yes, there's another the redhead um yeah, soldier, was, a third there soldier was there as well which i like yeah yeah and, and then there was that people up yeah and then there's that third. Oh yeah, vampire. yeah. I don't know yeah, what he's I this, but I, I wonder if I reread the first two issues, if I would. Yeah, maybe it I would think, be in there. I think it was Shannon. Okay. You're, you're just making that up, Chad. Come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> don't, don't be joking. <laughs> right, um, I need a drink here, bud. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna bludgeon uh, you. <laughs> no, but I like that panel because, yeah, it just showed that, okay, this guy's just off the wall and he's doing whatever, he, like vicious, vicious stuff. And, and Hunter's Moon described him as well. You fight like an animal as well. And there's almost this kind of arrogance in, in Hunter's Moon saying, you know, you don't have the moves and it's kind of meant to be like graceful and fluid. And um, so it really gives it this sense of, I don't know, formality to be the Fist of Conchu. And uh, I like the fact that, yeah, that Moon Knight's just kind of against that. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the, Jed's writing, I think, was very was very cool. Um, if we open up to, like, particular notes throughout the issue, um, Chad, uh, what do you want to chat about first that kind of really struck out? Um, it was very... Uh, how do I put this... There wasn't a lot of exposition, like there wasn't actual talking between the characters. There was a lot mm -hmm. of insults, and you know, they were tearing each other down, but there wasn't dialogue. There didn't seem to be like a connection between anyone. It was just events that happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it established, um, one, that Moon Knight is kind of against, Mark Spector's against the grain, when it comes to Fisikonchu. So that was a big, the big thing. And then number two, I think that, that thing of, um, another reveal is that apparently vampires sworn enemies of Fisikonchu because they're night, you know, 
beasts or whatever, and these guys are protectors of uh, travelers of the night. So I thought that was that was a nice kind of reveal. Um, whether or not Jed has been influenced from the Dracula meme, I don't know, but it seems that vampires are becoming closer and closer, uh, you know, more ingrained with the Moon Knight culture. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of uh, like insults hurled, hurled their way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Rebecca, did you? I think I think his little talk with Reese at the beginning was probably the and with the and Doctor Shermore probably the the biggest conversations we got in terms of like normal conversations, and they were a little bit like not get this out of the way because I think Jed is a better writer than that. But they 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 did make way for the action, which we needed because we needed. But in within the fighting, I think the most we learned was kind of what we just been talking about about um, that hunt that they expect the Moon Knight to have had the experience of all the other Moon Knights to let mm-hmm. be able to have the rest of them in their heads somehow, which is is not really how it works with the Iron Fist. Although you do get the Book of the Iron Fist. I mean, it's it's actually beginning to correlate quite. Uh, well with Iron Fist in terms of but you do get that kind of you are part of a lineage and you have it for a certain amount of time and and you get all their learning um, so there's a few uh, things there but if if he's saying that that's just the fighting style we know it's going to be more than that and Mark sort of shrugging it off as maybe my brain was too crowded, my brain maybe I was too crowded for that but there's a little bit more in it in that the way Mark became Moon Knight wasn't, he wasn't a chosen one as such, like he was there and Conchu chose to save his life. Um, And, and he says that that gave him brain damage because that isn't talking about the DID. Like if you look at, if you look at the way he, thankfully, because I think a worse writer, it would be less clear, but I think because we've had the setup with Jed talking about, what it does to your mind to be in the presence of an actual god um and that's been part of that conversation that like so so mark actually says that all country ever did was give me a miserable life back and it's like i'm sorry mark but there's been some good points in that miserable life that you got back <laughs> you know um yeah. like Marlene well, you got your life yeah you know pretty sort of privileged positions there um but yes a lot of fighting uh and brain damage and my duty and and at the moment mark is redefining that duty which is the interesting thing like so and and maybe mark's always defined his duty and that's why we see in the comics it changes so often like what he seems to think of his duty as um which is a neat way of uh sort of sidestepping any continuity sort of changes in who he's fighting and who he's protecting and this is very much like he's defined very clearly in this run what he sees his mission as so uh, and that happens to include and he explains to Reese why that includes her and Terry and why it didn't include the others but yeah so the uh, the brain damage is, is referring back to that but like yeah um, I think I think essentially Chad's right there's not a lot of um, exposition dialogue but I think there's quite a lot of information we glean from it anyway yeah. Oh no, for sure. It look someone else raised one of the other lineages raised. Um, you spoke about Iron Fist, Rebecca. Someone made the parallels between that and uh, Black Panther because apparently mm-hmm. Black Panthers they gain all the knowledge and the skills from their the the forebearers of the the title. So there's a, a similarity there, and, and yeah, what and Moon Knight that, now has been established with Godhood, I guess. So yes, and, yeah, and Bast being an Egyptian, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the brain damage thing was a um, was an important point. Again, referencing also goes all the way back to like Ellis and, and the Wood Run, where uh, Ellis starts to kind of question this idea of Conchu and, and how he plays uh, factors into Mark's mind. Uh, and of course, this is this is the focal point of, of Jed's uh, run. It was established in issue one with that dis- um, discussion with Doctor Sturman about I forget the terminology. Was it servitude or uh, or something to do when when a, a deity or something touches you, like your mind and you're, oh, you're yeah. different? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked. So about that don't expect me to remember these things. Come on, yeah, exactly. But that's um, yeah. But that's what I th- I think Mark's referring to, and, and and the point of difference between Mark and the other physicontries I like is this thing that um, one. He has this really different relationship with Conchu, as you said, and and two, he's still, as you say, he's still doing the work. Like he he spurns Conchu, but he's still doing what Conchu kind of wants to to an extent. I mean, he's not shedding blood. No, but he's he's doing what he thinks his duty is. Still, he's yes. like whether he, you know whether he believes in Conchu anymore or not, or whatever terms he's on with Conchu. So yeah, so that was in the issue that was termed as the the chorus of ordination, and, and that was this thing that Hunter's Moon apparently um, has has received from Conchu, you know, being granted the the title of the Hunter's Moon, I guess, or the other fist of Conchu, uh, and so he that's explains, I guess, his fighting prowess because for all intents, he's like a doctor, right? So yeah, he's got to have picked up this this fighting skill somewhere. And to um, be honest, that's an interesting. Like, if you take it from a point of view of two fists of Konshu, it's actually very interesting that you'd have one be the doctor and one be the fighter. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, like uh, if you were, you know, had these these missions, it's smart from Konshu. Is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. It's funny also as well, I mean, sticking to that theme, because what I had in the notes as well, it really opens up the doors because what Cullen Barn, uh, Max Bemis and Jason Aaron have introduced is, you know, this legacy. But now we've got actually, there's potentially another, there are other Hunter's Moons, you know, throughout the ages as well, because there will yeah. always be two Fists of Conchu, right? Yeah. Chad, yeah. is that? I mean, I'm that's kind of wondering yeah. if uh, it turns out that, you know, there's two fists of Conchu. So there's always going to be, you know, fists of Conchu going around. But is like Hunter's Moon a code name for him? Is that just like yeah, a passing? Right. Name? We're not going to get another one. I don't know. You see, that's interesting as well. And and whether yeah. there has always been two, and it, yeah, or I mean, like I think we're going to talk about a theory later that maybe there hasn't. But like, um, if we take it for what's on the page. It does imply that there's always been, and then the, and there's also within this uh, within conscious sort of priest uh, godhood and congregation, there's a chorus who would be a group that can give you a gift in your ordination as one of these positions. And like I said, in Kang 2, we now also have the will of Konshu. No idea if that will ever go anywhere, but it was an interesting <laughs> like. I, you know, it's not explained at all. She just says her parents were. So, uh, you know, like, but it seems we are building up an actual religion or a religious order, I'd say, because it's not necessarily the same as a religion would have all the different, uh, the whole pantheon, presumably, because if, you know, and then you, but you have this religious order of Konshu that's going to have 
uh, as many religions do, some sort of structure to it. And um, so that's it's it's interesting because I think previously it's a hard thing to write about in the same way as sexuality is and gender, disability, just things that we in a modern day we have better language to describe. Like I think I think people have avoided religion for a long time for you know for fear of um, offending people. And, you know, that's always going to be a consideration. So it's always interesting to me when somebody goes into this, when it's, you know, they're not from that culture. And like, I, I you know, there, there's always going to be things that I don't think we're then capable of commenting about. But we, we take what's on the page and, and we're just going to go with that. But that's that's kind of how it sounds, is that if we believe what Hunter's Moon is telling us, then there has possibly always been two fists of conscious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and added to that as well, just to talk about religion, uh, Rebecca and, and Chad. I mean, I just love. I mean, Jed's diving in. You know, um, he's totally. Going he's going full full pelt. Uh, I just love the language that he uses. You know, ministry ordination, even like I know it's not religion, but it, it's a crook and flail. You know that that sort of kind of old old world kind of language. Um, I, I love it. Um, so yeah, he he's not worried about. I think he's just diving straight in and really trying to set up this kind of this tone for the book. Which um, goes which I think to, is... to one of the no- the only notes I put in the thing is oh. that um, <laughs> <laughs> to use the word errant in the comic at all uh, in a comic called Moon Knight made me immediately go to Knight Errants, so ah. I, like which is a medieval thing. So since we've been talking about in issue one. Like when he was talking about bead and stuff like that, and yeah, so so we're going back to that time period. And uh, a knight errant was uh, a knight who was looking around for adventures to go on, which is so clearly yeah, what Mark is, is currently doing. That it's just like, and and it's not so, like he doesn't say knight errant. It's just Hunter's Moon calls him someone who's errant, which totally makes sense in the sentence he says it. But it also so like. Cool like dragged me straight into that so i think there's some very clever wordsmithing going oh and i wouldn't put it past yeah jed mccade or exactly as you said he he referenced bead i mean so um you know yeah. wouldn't put him past to put that exactly. yeah that, that connection together with errant uh yeah so i mean i think very smart kind of writing from from jed um and yeah for something um he's, he's taken on uh quite a task as well because as you said uh, Chad and a lot of people it's largely just a fight a big fight um, but it's how to kind of in, into you know inject the this information um, you know along the way um, another thing I saw um, well another thing that is kind of convenient as well um, we have immediately confirmation that Hunter's Moon has nothing to do with Hawley from the previous issue as well because uh, he just shows genuine shock when Moon Knight's going, oh, look, you know, you bastard, you, you sent this guy after me to, to kind of uh, break me, but it's not going to happen. He's going, well, I, I didn't do that. So like, we know now, and Moon Knight knows, that he's got nothing to do with it. So we've got another player, um, totally separate, which, uh, again, is just kind of bubbling, uh, bubbling away, this kind of big bad 
kind of guy. Um, anyone, any changes in theories as to, as to who this, who this person would be? No, no, no different. I mean, we haven't really been we given have no many real clues. clues in this, yeah, in this exactly. Video. I mean, like, all we know is it's not Doctor, and I don't think any of us thought it was. So, no. I yeah. had a bit of an inkling that it was going to be better, but, you know, as that matured, it just went nowhere. Yeah, but but there was a little kernel, and and again, I think some other loonies have picked up on it uh, at the beginning, where Doctor Sturman says, "Look, is is the reason you call this emergency session? Do you think it's me?" And he goes, "No, no, no." He goes, "I'm actually afraid it's probably me himself." So, is that a clue? Is that a drop of potentially? I don't know how it works. I mean, it's blowing my mind as a speaker but like is that like a clue as to who this person is could it be i don't know a multiverse moon knight could it be someone from uh you know could it be moonshade from infinity war you know you say that but uh was it the avengers forever that was just announced yeah Yeah. they're going to be having multiverse uh folks coming in so that could be the case Multiverse is the buzzword in Marvel Comics, you know, as we speak. Currently so. a big thing. I mean, what do I think about that? Um, I think it's a really interesting theory. I think I think it might that might have been dropped in as a I it's I think it's either like bang on or it's a total like um fake fake out. Because we've seen him be his his own worst enemy before, pretty much, in terms of fighting Konshu as well, um, problems with his sort of mental health. Um, the other thing is, like, does it mean... I, I, the, the other interesting theory for there is, like, um, is Hunter's Moon, like, real? Ah, uh, yeah, like, right. Has he taken yeah. Dr. Barda? And just created this because until we see one of the other characters interact with Hunter's Moon, and all we see is, I mean, we see him, right? So when we see him meet the other characters, we see him come through a window. We just see them react in shock to someone coming through a window. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I guess we do see them shoot him. So I yeah I mean but like there is a possibility that when they're looking at Mark in horror he could be hitting anything. I, mean, I don't think he is. I think I think. Too. Yeah, I mean, I I would like to think that this is all very above board actually, and that some of those drops are there because a sort of like yeah because <laughs> I think I think like again I think. Uh, you tread a fine line when you're dealing with a character with DID and a character with mental health issues that you don't want to play on that too often to be the um, the main plot line, you know, like in terms of the baddie. But I think the fact that he would doubt that and that's why he would be a psychiatrist, like talking to doc- the doctor about it, is perfectly normal. And I think it is like that. To me, it's that that sort of like the the people trying to heal him, and that does include himself. and Because he's okay. clearly now working on his mental health. But that, I think it's maybe the, I, I'm worried it's myself, is a, it's more of a flashback to his past and things that have gone wrong in the past. 
Okay, because I was going to take a leaf out of I want to give a shout-out because I don't want to take this uh, credit uh, from Russell, Russell Tomes of Evil. He uh, he posited a theory. Uh, also, there's that empty sarcophagus in the mindscape. Mm. Now, could that be the big bad? But then how how does that factor into, number one, how does that factor into um, Mark's DID slash influence from Conchu, because I don't believe Jed's going that way with the DID. I think he's really kind of making uh, it known, he's drawing a line in the sand that it's about this this effect Conchu has on Mark, yeah. nothing to do with his mental illness. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, there's that theory of, of the en- empty sarcophagus potentially being Mark's enemy in this one. Um, but, again, I don't know how that works with the guy across the street, you know, with the surveillance gear, <laughs> you know, how that is uh, part of Mark. So, yeah. Um, interesting, interesting theories abound. Um, artwork. So what did you think of, uh, Chad, what did you think of the artwork for issue three? I really like the colours. I really like the like concepts of everyone like just the way every like the style matches up with the aesthetics of you know what they're trying to portray i think the inking was a little bit too heavy in some places okay yep there's just the shadows stretch a little bit too much it just obscures a lot of the page but you know it's not enough to like condemn it over (laughs) but it's it's good yeah (laughs) And Rebecca as well. Uh, what did uh, you make of it? I really liked her. I think, you know, I think we, we've settled into the art style now. I've got used to it. Um, I like the differences. Every time it seems to be picking up more stuff about his costume. Like this time it was kind of like the panels on the on his thigh. Sort of like uh, just just how, it, I mean, how it looks on his leg. And um, the Hunter's Moon costume as well. It's got a bit of Quasar in it. Not really. <laughs> that's just because it's got armbands. I'm being uh, yeah. funny, um, but yeah, just that was some really great cape stuff, and the but the color is the standout. The color winner. is amazing. Oh god, Stand yeah, on. really good. Um, and and I don't know, Rebecca, if it's exactly as you say, whether we are kind of settling into the art or whether because I I think this is the strongest art. Um, so far out of the three issues, but I don't know whether that's me as you're saying settling yeah, into I this can't art style. Yeah, I tell either if it's just me yeah. getting really used to it or if I just really liked it. But I think we got a lot more. We saw a lot more variety in this issue, from like the psychiatrist's office to a sunset fight to and you know the buildings behind him, and then you get the moon, midnight mission, and all the characters are quite different looking and um, distinctive. And you've still got, like, patterns on the floor and stuff. So there's a bit more background to play with. I, I thought it was very funny that, that it they're fighting in a new moon while you can see his new moon logo everywhere. I thought that was cute <laughs> yeah. as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was very critical at the beginning of, yeah, like the backdrops and stuff and, and filling up, I guess, the panels. I mean, not to the point where you, you overfill it, but I just felt it, it seemed pretty bare like the, uh, in, in some instances in the first and second issues but for this issue i thought it was, was fantastic i mean the backdrops were just as as good and detailed as as say the the characters the four foreground characters and i think it actually probably helped with um with hunter's moon and moon knight 
that kind of etchy, kind of sketchy inking to them that gives them this kind of otherworldly kind of look compared to everyone else. I think that was really great. Um, and for sure, the, the capes flowing. Um, there were a lot of shadows, Chad, as well. But I, I've got to admit, I love the, um, the, the one where Moon Knight's got the baseball bat right behind Hunter's Moon, that big one. I love that. It's um, breathtaking in terms of the colour. Like I actually had to pause and like look at just the colour in the background of that and how it changes colour and works so well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there are a few of them as well. Like the last page, is it the last page? Yeah, the last page where, where his congregation are just like looking through the shop front um, as Moon Knight's kind of mouthing off at Hunter's Moon. Um, yeah, really good. And the colours just work so well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I had to kind of say that to, um, uh, say that to Rochelle Rosenberg like on, on Instagram. I just I really enjoyed her stuff, and and she said, yeah, I, I think she responded. Um, I haven't got it here, but she responded in the likes of she tries to. It, it's funny because she said like the the run, and I don't know how many issues she's done or worked. Mm-hmm. It's all set at night, so the challenge for her was how to just not make it blue. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think she's done that really well with these kind of like pinks and purples, reds and crims uh, and yellows. Yeah, and um, the I, occasional I, green and the occasional green. Yeah, yeah. they just it's real. It really pops. And um, to go onto Hunter's Moon costume, I mean, I thought there was a little bit of a hark back to the Fist of Conchu Volume Two with the bling, and Hunter's Moon definitely has that. Um, I love those gauntlets with the Cestus. I yeah. mean. He clocks Moon Knight a couple of times. I don't know why there aren't a couple of holes in Moon Knight's face after he gets hit with those. There's, um, there's a couple of tears in his leggings, though, so maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe <laughs> he went for his thigh. Oh, no, there's one yeah. in his... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I was kind of looking. I was I was looking at the action scenes as well and trying to, trying to see the action flow um, and see if they worked, and... I thought I picked up Hunter's Moon was a li- bit more of a southpaw, um, um, but Kim being, I guess, you know, if that's if he's the left fist, um, I don't know whether that works into it or not. Uh, but yeah, the art I think is uh, very solid in this. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, a lot more solid than than the previous ones. Uh, yeah, um, let's see what else can we go to. Uh, we mentioned like vampires. Like now becoming part and parcel of, um, of of Moon Knight lore, uh, which again I guess goes hand in hand with werewolves. So that's um, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, a couple of references. Then I thought there were plenty of references here. Um, the first one, I mean, first one for me was through the Doctor Sturman session, and again we get a a mention of the committee. Um, so that. Harks back to Doug Mench run, uh, Charlie Houston run. Uh, I'm really glad that we got the Society de Sadiques. Um, yeah. yeah, from the Bemis run, we know that. And again, a mention of Eliza Warsame uh, from Ellis and Wood. So uh, again, Jed sticking close to um, to um, you know the source material, which is good. Uh, also, as well, I thought there was um, some really good. Uh, kind of parallels with, uh, again, both the Houston run and the Ellis and Shelby run. Now, that fight scene with Hunter's Moon on top of the rooftop where they kind of fall next to, like, the fire escape and, and at, the, at the bottom, uh, for me, that felt 
kind of like the bottom, um, uh, the Houston, like with with Bushman. So I thought that whether or not that is or not, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool as well. And um, I'm gonna say it now. I think it's it probably gonna be up in the the feedback. But someone mentioned uh, the grappling hook to the face of Hunter's mm. Moon, reminiscent of the Shelby issue five, uh, Scarlet uh, issue where um, he just take takes out a guy as he goes up the goes up the apartment block. Um, that was pretty cool too. But I don't know any other um, any other notes or references um, that you caught. Maybe Chad. That I mean, I made a meme about you know Moon Knight <laughs> just being a dude that carries a stick. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It just it becomes really basic, doesn't it? You know, just a stick to just pummel someone. Um, you can't well, get any, don't any need more... to change. That's it. You can't get any more primal than that. Trained um, fighter, just not trained by Concha, apparently. Yeah, I mean, geez, you're right. I mean, he he's like what CIA, he's a, yeah, mercenary. Like he he's fought before, but I guess mostly with guns and stuff. And we've seen him do tons of hand to hand fighting, though. I mean, like he may not be elegant, but he gets the job done, and that's really all that matters. He's elegant enough to manage it in a cape, which Steve Rogers couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Also, as well, it surprised me that he actually, like, it was a it was a good fight, but I was I was actually half expecting Hunter's Moon to, to kind of win, maybe the first round or something. Mm-hmm. But he ends up actually just beating the hell out of that's him. So I, that was a, what I really like about. That's why I don't think the reference to him being his own worst enemy. I think like Jed's having a little play of like what we expect, and mm. while also setting down that no Moon Knight is badass. Like, you know, like because you know we. We expect Hunter's Moon to win, to teach him whatever lesson he's come to teach, and then to, to, but maybe now he'll come back with more of the chorus. Who knows? You know, like, I mean, he's just, I was kind of... but Mark has won round one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chad? I was kind of thinking that a chorus, like the chorus of ordination, that might be like an actual, like, spiritual event. Mm-hmm. I mean, a chorus of angels. does sound yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, maybe Moon Knight's going to get brainwashed or something. Oh, <laughs> that didn't that didn't go well in the, uh, was it the Society de Sadiqs? Or, or, uh, yeah, they... right <laughs> okay, but he also ate a dolphin that was rabid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Another ran- random <laughs> act from Moon Knight as well. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, Hunter's Moon, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how he kind of regathers himself. Does he team up with his big bad? Now, does that does that bring those two guys together? Do we see Hunter's Moon again? Um, I, I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and see, you know, with regards to that. Um there's also, I mean, I picked another little bit of a reference as well, which uh, Moon Knight mentions Osiris's death, oh. um, and I thought it'd be very geeky about this. <laughs> and he uh, he threatens Hunter's Moon, like you know, I'll, I'll do to you what I what they did to Osiris um, if you don't get out of town, basically. Um, and so anyway, that's a reference to Osiris. Uh, Obviously, one of the deities as well. He he gets murdered in in the mythology by by Set, and things are kind of all all kind of wishy washy because there's not enough text, so things chopped and changed throughout the ages. Um, at one point, uh, he he was thrown uh, to like a crocodile or a, a bull um, to his death. The other he was thrown into a river, but essentially he gets cut up into pieces by Set. 
um, for sleeping with Set's wife, Nephthys, and uh, he, his remains get scattered all over Egypt. 42 pieces, each representing the 42 gnomes or provinces of Egypt. So that's, um, that's the threat that Moon Knight wants to bestow upon Hunter's Moon. Uh, so yeah, he, he, what I love about Moon Knight as well, and we've been through it before, like with his savagery, with his fighting prowess, but he's just, even the way he talks and carries himself, he's just like uber confident, you know, he's yeah, just I really like such him. a badass. Um, I wouldn't say arrogant, but he's just, he's just really confident in himself. And I really like that. It's, it's such a difference, um, in seeing other iterations of Moon Knight. And again, it harks to that real, um, strength that Mr. Knight has in the Ellis run. If you only have to look at issue one, where he's just so sure of himself, and when he goes into the sewers, not even phased by this Frankenstein of, of a monster, and yeah, you know that sort of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm liking that that's being done uh, over here as well. Uh, all right, any other? I don't know. Any other final thoughts on this? Chat? I mean, kind of like the whole Osiris getting chopped up into pieces. Uh, one thing is, when he got cut up into all those pieces, he was missing his parts, like his downstairs bits, which, you know, as the king of gods, sort of masculating. And by the time they put him back together to be resurrected, they just kind of scrambled and brought in some reeds. That's it. Oh, Okay. I thought you were about to say they found it, they put it like on his face or something. <laughs> like, his nose it. is like, oh my. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, what a fate to have. Um, so, so that's. Um... Once you chopped into bits, then, you know. You oh, know, yeah. You don't notice the rest. Exactly. Yeah, that the forty second bit's like ah oh, well <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sore as it is. <laughs> so um but yeah, um I don't know, Rebecca, any other final thoughts on this before we potentially give it a, a rating? Uh I don't think so, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty happy with that. Well let's let's get it to it. We've all got Connoisseur's rating system on our minds, so um I will I don't wanna d- do it to you again, Rebecca, and have you lead off again? Because I know that you kind of. I'll go to Chad then. Chad, um, what would you give this uh, issue? Issue three, two fisted by Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccio. I've <laughs> a 7.5. A solid round boy. Solid round boy. Sorry, what was that, Chad? A 7.5. Nice one. Okay, so I'm just plugging that in, listeners, if you're wondering what. The ticking sound is 7.5, solid round boy. Um, Rebecca? Yeah, no, I'm the same with Chad. 7.5, 7. 7. solid as well. round boy. I want to give Oops. it a little bit of, you know, a bit of room to grow. I went big on the opening. going to be a bit more harsh now going forward. But 7.5 yeah, the... is a damn good score, so... Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, three quarters. I, I was pretty big on the opening as well, Rebecca. But yeah. uh, in many ways, I think I, I enjoyed this issue potentially a lot more i mean it's really hard because issue one setup issues are so different to other issues but um oh yeah i enjoyed this and again i was really wowed by the the art uh so i i'm gonna bump mine up to eight um big beautiful yellow man um i think it was good i gave nine for issue one rebecca so that's yeah it's pretty hard to <laughs> it's hard. i'm trying to i'm trying to be more sensible now i mean i did really <laughs> enjoy it though like honestly yeah Yes. I, I don't think there's been a misstep 
so far in the first three issues, but um, it's not sustainable to keep. I'm go- I'm trying to score it against my all time faves now. So yeah. Okay, and look before we before we head to a break then, and look just to be uh, this might be mean, but um, I'll ask from each of you then if you were to be critical, like if there's one criticism from like as you're saying, Rebecca, it's 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 quite he hasn't missed a step, but if there was one thing out of the three issues so far that's kind of like mm, if only they kind of tighten this up, what would it be? Any any thoughts for that? Um, Chat. I'm gonna go to you first. <laughs> Throw you in. I miss Mark's family. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. That would definitely yeah, yeah. Be for me. Any reference to any of the extended friends or family, mm-hmm. yeah. or even uh, to Mark, uh, even to Stephen and Jake, and like I know they they're mentioned in because they're mentioned because Mark's there mentioned. But yeah, I'd like I'd like to I'm starting to get like I'd like to say I I just rang X person or for his coffee that Reese brought him to say Gina's on it or or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like, it doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be an explicit scene with them, but I would like them to be mentioned because I still feel a bit um unstuck from time with it. Like like I don't know unstuck from like I want to know what's happened. And I think that's very much something that only people who are long-term fans of the character will feel because we built up a relationship with those characters. So, like, you know, like, I think, like, there's nothing wrong with the comics in themselves, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, and uh, actually, that's great, great point there, Chad. Because um, I was trying to think in my head as well while I was asking the question. But yeah, I, I'd agree as well. Um, more so, maybe um, yeah, maybe seeing like Jake and Mark and Stephen. I think because I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love seeing Moon Knight and Mister Knight, uh, but we haven't actually, we rarely have seen. I think issue one, you just see photos of Jake and Stephen. Yeah, you've we, got, we haven't you've seen got him in the dreamscape, but like um... yeah. But we haven't seen, yeah, him really, like, without the mask. So, um, yeah, if anything, that would be... But like I said, I mean, I am enjoying Reese's um, development as a character. And, I love her. And I love yeah, Terry. And I love Terry. Soldier. Yeah. I'm glad we've got Soldiers back, yeah. Um, I'm glad as well, yeah. I like... That's what I mean about enjoying the fact that it's expansive. So I'm enjoying all the. I think bringing this many new characters this quickly and having us like them all is is quite something. Because I like Doctor Bardra as well. I mean, like he's an antagonist. What the hell? But he seems well developed, and I like the psychiatrist. And I know she's not new, new, but you know, no, no, um, yeah. But I like but the session, what we're yeah, getting. The sessions are good. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, absolutely as well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's great. Um, Soldier, so funny because issue two with a name like Soldier, I was thinking, God, he can't yeah, be just yeah. like used one and done. He's got to be. So I was glad to see him in the in the mission as well. Um, yeah, hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping we get time to see them flesh out as well. I mean, because uh, we have to invest some time in Reese, of course. But um, yeah, the likes of Terry. Terry gets a little bit of a role here. Like the other one, we don't even know his name. We'll, we'll <laughs> so, find it out for next time. Yeah, we'll find out. And uh, the soldier, I want to see more of soldier as well. So yeah, um, yeah very cool. So there you go, Looney's uh, seven and a half, seven and a half, and then eight. So you know, roughly seven point six. 
um, from all of us. Um, fantastic stuff there. Now, look, we might just go to a quick break because we've got to get ourselves ready. We've got a, a nice mountain of feedback from you all so we'd love to just read that out um, and if any of them um, drop in some new thoughts it'd be great to to, to chat about so uh, yeah uh, on the other side of the break we'll catch you uh, for our Nightlines feedback catch you soon Lantern Corps, an interstellar law enforcement agency armed with rings that grant them a variety of extraordinary powers, all of which come from imagination and or emotions. Their names are many famous, including Alan Scott, Kyle Jordan, Guy Gardner, John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, Simon Baz, Jessica Cruz, and Sojourner Mullen. If you're a fan of the Green Lanterns, Please come join me and my co-hosts every week on the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast for Sector 2814, the Green Lantern Podcast. Hi, this is Doug Manch, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 238, and on the other side of the break there, we have just, uh, Rebecca and Chad and myself have just discussed the latest offering from Jed McKay and Alessandra Capuccio, issue three. Uh, now, we do have some feedback here. It's so great. Uh, thank you so much, loonies, for dropping in feedback from all over the place. Um, and I think... Uh, We'll just do this as we usually do. Chad, have you have you got it like um, up on the screen as well? Excellent. Um, let's just yeah, just take turns. Um, Rebecca, do you want to kick us off from the Facebook page? Yes, from the fe- uh, from the Facebook page. Seth Eves. The contrast between Mooney and Hunter's Moon was neat, and I look forward to seeing them explore them more. Uh, I'd like to have seen more of the person working from the shadows trying to break Spectre, but I think it was real cool how that person still affected the story. It's also cool how they're planting the seed of doubt if maybe Spectre is the one trying to break himself. I'll add a self there. Uh, I'm definitely enjoying them blending the supernatural aspects with the psychological aspect. It feels like they're really trying to return him to his roots while keeping him modern and looking ahead to the future. Yeah, thank you, Seth. Um, Yeah, I think he's, he's said that in a nutshell. I think it's great. There is... For me, there's a lot more of a, that modern kind of like a a nod to the the modern, more modern runs, which is really really cool. Um, but yeah, looking forward to um, I guess the supernatural elements. Um, if we're gonna all we're gonna go all the way back to Werewolf by Night, I guess I guess that does lean towards that. Uh, so thank you, Seth. Thank thank you for that. Sounds like you really enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> Chad, would you like to do the next one? Your own. Uh, I guess <laughs> makes sense. Okay, so, well, I guess Mark finally gained his superpower. The way he was wielding that Louisville slugger, I guess he's Batman now. Oh, no. Nice. (laughs) I really was surprised at how he went, or how this went down. Despite Batter's size, heirloom battle prowess, Mark takes him down pretty easily. Although, if the other fist isn't the one who sent Holly, then what maladjusted miscreant did? We had some reveals and very intense action, but the story was lacking in development, and 
short of painting deeper holes to dig out of. Solid, but making or not making seismic waves. Seven point five out of ten. Yeah. I mean, again, as we covered, I mean, that, that pretty much encapsulated it as well. I mean, it was a solid, a very solid issue, um, you know. I'm sure picking up the bat was a little bat joke, by oh. the way. Because, I mean, like, look, there's going to be, you're right, there's many things someone can pick up. Like, especially I mean, if they're fighting on rooftops, there's pretty, like, fire alarm axes and But piping. is that a, I don't how is that a reference? Like, I don't know. It's a like, is bat, it... and he hit someone with it. Oh, a bat! Oh, okay, right. I thought. Or, yeah. I thought like I thought he, that was his Not weapon of choice. Break. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, like in uh, I think yeah. it was the first or the second issue, he had a painted white crowbar. Yeah, it's like he could have just been using that again. Why not? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he yeah. picked up a bat somewhere. It's like fair enough. I I think it's a nice little. Wink. That's cool. It may not be, but that's how we're taking it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I, I got vibes of you know that again that panel where he's just bludgeoning and everyone's looking. I just thought of Negan from Walking Dead. I'm well, just going yeah, on. I mean that's yeah. extremely <laughs> famous. Uh, yeah, occurrence yeah. of it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a nice little short one here. So uh, Joel Tyre says, I love this reference so much, and this is what we're talking about. Um, it was that grappling hook. Uh, he In the Facebook group, Joel has uh, inserted that those panels of the grappling hook, grappling hook hitting that guy in issue five of the Shelby Ellis run, uh, and that with with this issue, Hunter's Moon. So thank you, Joel. Yeah, that was a, that was a good pickup. Uh, indeed. Uh, um, one thing I would like to comment is uh, the grappling hook, or you know, the initial version of it. It wasn't a grappling hook. He actually had to break his truncheon to establish that, like firing. Oh yes. And then he comments yeah. like, "I don't have this much money." <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because he's Stephen Grant. You know, you think would probably have heaps. <laughs> so he'd um, spend it on something or other. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so sorry. This is all from the Facebook group. I should say, um, Rebecca. There's the next one there. Uh, from Vincent Mott. Uh, pretty good so far, but I miss Mark, Jake, and Stephen. He's always in costume now, which is the other interesting thing. Because like, it might, just because he's Mark doesn't, or you know, I mean, like we should see him out of costume at some point. But he doesn't even visit the uh, Dr. Sherman without the costume on. So there's something going on there. Like, you know, that's that's not the moves of someone who's 100% healthy and happy with themselves. And, um, you know, like, to oh, clearly, I mean, I assume he sleeps during the day. Uh, so, yeah, we need to see him in his boxes, basically. I'm with Vincent, <laughs> and I think I'd like to see what he sleeps in. Which I, <laughs> we'll I can always up. bring it back to that. Let's be honest. <laughs> the boxers um, and the mask, twenty-four-seven. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like issue two, like even when he's eating that Chinese takeaway with Reese, he doesn't even take off his mask as well. Yeah, so he's he's refusing to show his Mark, Jake, Stephen face. Um, but yeah. Uh, Chad, yeah, we've got the next uh, one here. Croy Cardamom. Um, another epic issue. I love the series so much. I really dig the way that they use Mr. Knight and Moon Knight separately. The action was fantastic. Dialogue was great. 
I can't help but wonder if the profile is the person trying to break Moon Knight from the shadows. Ooh, good. Um, that was one of the guesses, wasn't it? That's one of the that's one of the mm, theories. That I is. I can't but, remember who said that, but it might have been me. <laughs> that is along a very with, good. Along with my full killer one, we'd have to go <laughs> back. But I think uh, the profile is definitely raised. Um, I and, think it's interesting. Didn't you say despair as well? Yes, <laughs> that's, that's my great guess. Come on, that's the best. Yes, um, so no, I, it I is think a good profile. Would be cool. It, it is a good pick, uh, Corey. But you know, there is that thing that Jed did tell us, Rebecca, that it, it's not a a Moon Knight villain. So it could be lying. Believe, you can't always yeah. believe them. But like, yeah, I'm, yeah. to be honest, I don't think it was me that said the profile. So I'm just going to admit that straight away. <laughs> you were trying think, to grab it. No, no, I think I said <laughs> okay. the profile I thought might be in the TV show. And that, oh yes, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. Sorry, so that's I know that's why I'm saying up front it was not me, but I would quite like this. But yes, Jed did say it wasn't a Moon Knight villain. But let's see. Let's see. I'd, I'd love to see the profile um, in either the TV show or the comic book series. So just putting that out there. Uh, next, we have one here from Josh. Geronimo! Johnson, no stranger to the show. And Josh writes in, while it's great seeing some moony fisticuffs, this issue committed another sin in regards to things I hate about modern comics. A fight for the sake of a fight and long drawn out as well. There's nothing shown building up this big showdown. Uh, Hunter's Moon attacks Reese's friend off page and then just randomly finds Moon Knight on rough. Uh, and they fight and then vomit some generic, uh, we're the same but I'm better exposition. And then they fight and fight and then move a location and fight some more. What's the point of dragging it out when the results would be the same even if the fight was three pages? Moon Knight wins. How about you some of the page real estate to show us Batter's backstory or how he came to be in the service of Conchu to help set the fight up? Uh, because at this point, all we know is he's a doctor at the clinic, is somehow in the service of Conchu and wants to fight Moon Knight to be the better fist. I can't be the only one that needs more than that. I did like Moon Knight's conversation with Reese on why he killed the other vampires but spared the others. Uh, that was a nice little moment. The art is really the only saving grace at the point for me because it's fantastic. I think the fight itself is laid out pretty well until it became too bloated and long to the point it became boring. I feel like I was it was trying to be issue 5 of the Ellis run but the reason that works so well was because the fight builds up to the final confrontation to save the little girl. Um, where he we're here we're here it's just a slugfest that kind of means nothing and has no payoff i do like the gold on hunter's moon suit it reminds me of the fist of conscious suit six out of ten um fair enough josh um you know uh i kind of go the other way i love my action scene so you know just give me a lot of action <laughs> i love it um but yeah fair enough uh and and absolutely perhaps the real estate could be used elsewhere I'm sure we're going to get an origin of Hunter's Moon um, down the I'm line. I'm sure so. we are as well. I think. Um, yeah. I think. I think the the thing I agree with most, but I didn't pick it up, is that you've got that there me, but in a different color suit, kind of like the fighting themselves, which is mm -hmm. a sort of standard superhero trope. But I think, given that we've never heard of another Fist of Konshu before, that put that set that aside for me is like kind of okay you can explain that at some point but like it was very much like uh black fat panther fights killmonger or uh, hulk, yeah, yeah, hulk yeah. fights yeah. red hulk or you shadow know like knight. yeah shadow, shadow knight, knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but we just don't see it that much in moon knight so 
Um, I, I didn't pick up on it, but I think, yeah, I guess we all just see these things a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, look, at, again, this is a weird thing, like with trade, I mean, if you put slap this in issue three, the middle of an arc, it may not be as like boring as, as an issue. Like we wait a month each month and this is like just a portion of it. So again, it's kind of how it's structured. But, you know, thanks, Josh. I mean, yeah, all all um, all valid, I guess, your points as well. Uh, Rebecca, back to you. Uh, from Douglas Jonathan Vincent, do the full names there. Uh, I like the action in this issue and the dialogue that revealed more about the characters, why Moon Knight didn't kill Reese and her friends and the things that Hunter's Moon revealed about Fists of Conshu. The only thing I didn't care for was Mr. Knight telling his therapist that he's afraid that he himself is the one who's trying to destroy him from the shadows. I thought, oh, please, not this again. The secret evil altar trope has not only been done to death, it's also very stigmatizing. It's a lot of the reason why people tend to not trust us, uh, people with DID systems, because they're afraid that an evil altar might come out and kill them, which in turn is a lot of the reason why DID systems are afraid to tell anyone about our diagnosis or sometimes afraid to seek therapy at all. So I really hope that's not the direction that McKay is intending to take this story. Uh, I'm still kind of hoping it's arcade, although I don't think that's very likely, unfortunately. But anyway, oh, I sh- uh, anyway, I'm really looking forward to where Hunter's Moon story is going. I'd say overall, this is probably about three quarter moon for me. Sorry, that was from Lena. Um, I'm just picking up on the Facebook uh, tag. So yeah, enough for sure. Yeah. So that's, uh, I should have checked in advance. So that's my bad. Oh, no, um, but yes, I think, and I think that might be why we're not going to go with the secret evil altar. But I understand why Mark would bring it up within his therapy session because um, it's something that Mark has been uncertain about himself before. Not if part of him was evil, but like if he was his own worst enemy. So I, I'm, I'm seeing it more as your own worst enemy rather than actual evil. But obviously, and that's why I think that won't be who the person in the shadows is. So yeah, yeah, no, no, cheers, Lena, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I responded to this as well, and and look, you know, we'll have to wait and see as well. But I like to think that Jed's not going down that route route as well. I, I took it more as that, uh, as we were talking about before, that way that Conchu affects Mark's brain. Um, I th- I think um, I. I yeah, I think that's what Mark was alluding to when he's saying, that's what I thought when he's saying, I'm afraid it's myself, but he was referring to not his DID, but how his mind is has been affected by Conchu. Um, but again, we'll have to wait and see, and I can understand totally uh, yeah. where that frustration would have come from, um, from reading that later. Um, so no, thank you very much for your for your comments there. Uh, Chad, you've got yours from your good buddy here, Rick. Rick. Rick Bong. <laughs> um, I'm a man of few words. Issue three was a knee slapper. Nine out of ten. Going back to the slapping. <laughs> I just slapped uh, my knee for Nick for, for Rick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me too as well. In honor of Rick, a bit of a knee slapper there. Thank you, Rick. Uh, yeah, for sure. You really enjoyed it. I'm glad. I know Rick really does like the art as well. A lot of people talking about um, it being manga, kind of adjacent, like the the. The look of it, uh, Rick certainly was telling me uh, it has many similarities. Um, 
Another one here from Kyle Carr, fellow Petruni. My only complaint is that it was over too fast. Oh, love to hear that. As Jim Ross would say, what a slobber knocker. That's an even better one. Uh, <laughs> knee slapper. We've got a knee slapper. Now we've got a slobber knocker. Uh, thank you so much, <laughs> Kyle. I'm sure that, I'm assuming that equates to a nine out of ten as well or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We'll do a difference there. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, is it me? Michael uh, Snowden. Yes. Uh, liking the story so far, like how they're stealing the Panther's ability of having the memories of past avatars. Still not a fan of the art. So another short but sweet, but then that's the, the comment you were referring to earlier about the Panthers. Yes, I showing up my uh, less awareness of the Black Panther, but yes. I don't know about stealing. I think my, you know. Yeah. You're showing you know, your, your Using it knowledge. in a different way. Yeah, exactly. And you're showing your knowledge of the Iron Fist books there yeah. as well rebecca um it's interesting as well like we we gave our thoughts about the art josh loved the art as well and, and michael is not so much a fan so um yeah to each their own uh chad so this one's from brandon bartley chambers i'm far from finishing all of the moon knight comics but i've come to a soft conclusion that the best villain is Conchu. i agree <laughs> <laughs> And Conchu's other servants. Sure, there have been some lame, cough, Randall, agents of Conchu. <laughs> but Hunter's Moon has been uh, has great potential. I'd love to see him become a mainstay in Moon Knight's rogues gallery. Reluctant team-ups between the two would be great. Yeah. That would be great. I would love some reluctant. Reluctant team-ups are the best team-ups. I mean that's gotta that's gotta be on the card, surely. The two fists like they're I would they're, hope so. Yeah, yeah. So the great point as well there, Brandon. Um hopefully we do see it and uh, yeah, as mentioned, Conchu, a big a big ticket, uh big ticket villain. Uh now from Twitter But Randall's ha- great. Randall is great. Yeah, Brandon, come on. He's got some <laughs> terrible comic. He's great though as a concept. Uh he's been used yeah, his concept is awesome. The way he's been used apart from I reckon apart from Blood Brothers and potentially um the Hunt, the Hulk magazine ones. I thought, yeah. I thought yeah. they were pretty good as Hatchet Man. I mean like he kills uh, a lot of women, but yeah, apart Oh yeah, from I mean the <laughs> terrible terrible person. Yeah. Um yeah, so from Twitter, thank you so much. We've got one little comment here from Danny, at Danny WWHI. Uh, this series continues to impress. I love the supporting cast that is being built up, and it's such a fresh take not to have Mark's DID be the actual focal point of his book. I love Moon Knight focusing on supernatural threats as well. Uh, that's when he's at his best. The art is, and there were some emojis there. I'm, I'm sure that was... The art is is cool. <laughs> Let's just say that. Thank you, Danny. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, your supernatural elements. I'm loving it as well. I mean, we spoke about how um, we'd love to see more street action, street level action, um, and how they never really touch the supernatural. And, and now we're getting a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, all right. Now we're back to. Oh, I'm just looking ahead. Okay, I'm back to. I think Rebecca from Instagram. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bizzle underscore MK1138. I like how the mythology of the past Moon Knight is being enriched. We agree. Yes, absolutely. Um, totally agree there. Uh, yeah, not much more to say beyond that, but thank you. Thank you, Brian Bizzle, I think it is. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Brian. I think. Um, we think. Ray thinks. 
Yeah, we think <laughs> flame rate. Uh, if it's wrong, yeah, it's like it's like a Justin be like, "What? I, I wrote that." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chad, uh, we've got the next one from another friend of the show. Yeah, uh, Anthony Sicko. Definitely the best issue of the run so far. The cinematography, yes, I'm using that term, mm-hmm. of the discussion between Mark and Reese was amazing. How it slowly zoomed in over the page and how Conchu got incrementally larger in the background. Also appreciated cool. how brutal the fight with Dr. Batter was. And unsure if it was intentional and the very much felt like a homage to Alice Shelby issue where it ended up him saving, or saying, and if you see me again, run. Hey, good point. Absolutely a 10 out of 10 issue. Nice one. Thank you, Anthony. Um, one of the Omega-level loonies there. Anthony's got pretty much everything under the sun, and in Italian as well, so they've got hats off to that. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, 10 out of 10. Whoa, big big one there. I uh, really did enjoy it. And I, I didn't see that reference, but yeah, I can see it now. So cheers, Anthony. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, and we've just got a couple now left. Uh, there's a big one here uh, from Mate Mine Moon Knight from Instagram. Uh, he, I agree with, with Bizzle, underscore MK1138. And he says, I'm usually cautious when I see new writers try to add to Moon Knight's mythos, especially in particular with the Conchu avatar aspects. But it does make sense that if there was a whatever capacity, a cult or religious sect devoted to Conchu and his ways... Uh, there, that there would be two fists to serve as avatars. Not so much that it has to be that way, but it's interest, interesting to see what that would mean um, for Moon Knight, for that, and Moon Knight himself. But there is a snag. Mark was made an avatar by chance from the reader's perspective originally. Was it real or just the delusions of a man who had nearly died or did die and was revitalised? Either way... He wasn't an official avatar. Yeah, which is what we kind of mentioned. Um, at least not the same way Hunter's Moon became one, it seems. This should be known to Hunter's Moon. And if anything, Moon Knight should be seen by Hunter's Moon and his fellow country followers as an anomaly. And there should then technically technically be three fists. Oh. Uh, I think he's taking like the Buffy, the vampire slayer yeah, and, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, two official, Hunter's Moon and whoever else, and Moon Knight as the third random. Uh, they can excuse most of it away with why we've never seen them before by saying they operate discreetly mostly, whereas Moon Knight likes to be seen and operates more under the way a traditional superhero would represent themselves to the world. But it would still need to be addressed as to why Moon Knight has been allowed to operate on his own outside the religious sect for so long. Unless Hunter's Moon himself is either full of shit and is fairly new to becoming an avatar of, Con- of Konshu, and the sect he belongs to just got started recently as well. Like, maybe they saw Moon Knight over the years and figured, I'd like a part of this, and did research and develop their own group and learnt the old ways and all of that for recent modern times. Interesting. Mm. Uh, either scenario has its potential for exciting new mythos building. Yeah, absolutely. Um, make my Marvel, make my not Marvel, make my Moon Knight continues. The only thing I'd really like to see change for this series would be how Moon Knight talks and behaves. It's a little dull. Uh, the Mister Knight persona is cool, but I feel he's too calm. He comes off and works well in certain scenarios when a villain thinks they have the upper hand, but Mister Knight comes in and pulls a rug under them and strolls in all chill because he knows he has this situation underhand. But for things like talking to Reese or his therapist, it's just dull dialogue. 
Not saying McKay's writing is dull, just the actual in-story, in-universe interactions with Mr. Knight and others. Uh, like, he has no real personality. He actually almost comes off like how a therapist would when they talk to their patients and clients. <laughs> I also feel the Mr. Knight persona negates the need for the other personas like Jake and Grant. He has the upper-crust presentability of Grant and the open access of going around town and talking to people like Jake. It's fine for some of the time, but I feel it's overall not needed if Moon Knight is going to be Moon Knight in the traditional way we know him, caped up. They have to choose. Either have him be suited up or, um, with a tie or caped up with a hood. I don't know. Both could work. I just need to see it handled a little differently to make it work uh, better overall. Uh, so thank you so much, Make Mine Moon Knight, for those comments. Uh, yeah, uh, interesting points about, about Mr. Knight kind of negating all the other identities, which we kind of touched upon. Yeah, I think he negates them in that sense that he can go around, I guess, dressed like that. Um, he does have access to the town here. Yeah, I don't know about the upper crust, but like, but he he's certainly doing. I mean, given that he's working at night, I guess he may not need as much daytime kind of going to meetings and parties and stuff. But I mean, I I mean like, but we know from the mindscape that they're still there, and I think it would just be nice to know how they fit in. So, but I, it's an interesting that Mr. Knight does like take on some of those. I think it's the same comment about his speech um, patterns. Um, I think that they're, they're very deliberate and very confident in some ways, but I'm not, I'm to me, they're not boring. Mm. That's always going to be a very subjective thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, they're not, if you, Compare it to the the Mister Knight of the Ellis Run, um, just yeah, just very different. I mean, but I think he still gives a lot. As we, we we've discussed with the Reese conversation and the Sturman conversation, there have been many things that you can kind of glean from it. You know, it's not just kind of just talking for talking's sake. So, um, but fair enough. I mean, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see something different along the way. Make make my Moon Knight, uh, Chad. What did you think about? I thought that was a really cool take on Hunter's Moon and there potentially being three Moon Knights. There's at that point, how many fists are there going to be? Like, sure, there's three, maybe mm-hmm. there's four. We're going to deal with like Spider Man's six arm levels of fists here. <laughs> and it just turns into an upward growth that just I'd, I'd rather pass on. Yeah, I mean, I, but I like the idea from Mate Mind Moon, like the fact that as a theory, Hunter's Moon might be setting New. up his own yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, That's like, and then going. Yeah, and and the, the thing again, what we've touched upon, Moon Knight's always been kind of on the outer, even within this whole Fisticonchu chorus of ordination stuff. So he's not really seen as official. Um, but it's in, it is interesting because issue one, Doctor Batter does know about Moon Knight. Mm. He does know about Mark. He calls Moon Knight Mark, and and he's saying in this issue as well, like um, how 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 kind of ungraceful uh you know he is and rough rough and ready he is so it seems to know about him um and maybe that's why he's how he's kind of goading him saying like you're not the real deal and he's saying that yeah while they're fighting so anyway thank you for that uh make my own moon Knight. that was um really cool really cool stuff uh finally we have a short snippet from a looney tunes Noel Tate, uh, and this is what Noel had to say about this issue. Hey, loonies, it's Noel Tate. Uh, I'm going to give you my quick review of issue three of this Moon Knight thing. 
Um, well, that escalated quickly. I sort of feel like I missed an issue or something. Uh, enjoyed this mostly action-oriented issue. Uh, and I guess I give McKay credit for not doing the typical trope these days of having a long, drawn-out, drawn like, decompressed story. Um, but I feel the Hunter's Moon was kind of a little wasted, sort of like a mid-tier boss battle thing. Um, but I did love the reference at the beginning to volume seven with like the therapists and all that stuff and kind of the general feel that this new moon night is sort of reminding me of, um, sort of the end of volume seven with like the Brian Wood stuff. Um, the art and colors were great. Um, some people have taken a little issue with it. I think it looks cool. It's, um, reminds me a little bit of Declan Shelby stuff, but with more of like a, even more modern sort of, I don't know, almost manga feel to it. I don't know. Overall, I think it's a good issue. Um, but I think the arc is kind of a little unfocused right now. We'll just kind of have to see where it goes and I'll give it maybe a 6.5 or seven out of 10. So that would be, I think from the Connorshi rating, a solid round boy. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, right? Anyway... Me, Noel, signing out. Yes, thank you, Noel, for those kind words um, about the issue as well. Yeah, it um, it did escalate quite quickly. <laughs> really quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, we did get a lot. I mean, again, like, we did get a lot here. Um, we got what we were hoping for. Like, we've, we hardly saw Hunter's Moon uh, in issue one and two. He's, he's just been there. So this is this is the payoff. Um so yeah, solid solid art um as well. And a six and a half, seven out of ten. Uh, which again, nothing no slouch of a score. Um so thank you, Noel. Thank you, Noel, for that. Uh well that pretty much I guess wraps it, unless uh, any final thoughts on the issue or, or otherwise, Rebecca? No, I can't wait till we get back to Mystery Man behind the curtain though. So um yeah. I'm hoping that's next issue. So I can't remember the I can't remember the solicits. I have no idea what's coming up. So the cover has got Tigra. So I'm wondering oh, that's how right. she... she's going to pop in, isn't she, to try and help yeah. him somehow? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Final thoughts, Chad, on on I guess coming up or or, or this issue. I'm still holding out, saying that a uh, batter can transform into a werewolf or werewolf <gasps> creature. Ah, oh, yeah. That. I need yeah, some yeah. werewolves in my life. <laughs> Not a wear cap. I'll take any wear animal. I'm like non discriminate. <laughs> Not a spider, I think. But other than that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it should be it should be fun. Um, I can't wait to see Tiger and Moon Knight interact as well. I mean, if it's it's really cool. It's such an obscure kind of teaming up in the sense of I mean they've had the history, but we haven't seen them much really apart from West Coast Avengers. So it'd be really interesting to see how Jed treats that. Mm -hmm. um, Spectacle. So uh, a big thank you both, of course. Uh, chance to plug anything here. Rebecca, I know you're just as busy around the podcast traps. Um, I never feel a, like I am, but apparently yeah. I am. <laughs> uh, but any other upcoming episodes other people uh, people may find you in? Uh, the DCAU podcast, we've done a couple of... Uh, not great films. If you want to hear us dunking on uh, animated <laughs> DC films, uh, that's where to find it. 
And um, I did one on the Immortal in uh, the Iron Fist podcast recently with Connor. We looked at um, the one of the Orson Randall standalone comics. That was quite fun. So nice. Want to hear about Noir Detective Iron Fist? That's oh, fun. that's great. Orson as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, who doesn't? That's always going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how are you finding? Your journey through DC, like the animated DC films, are, and yeah, are they good? Like, I, I'm fine. I I find there's enough to enjoy in most of them that it's mm-hmm. worth it. But I don't think any of, I don't think many of them have lived up to how amazing people told me that it was. Ah, okay, so, interesting. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not hating them. I just like, and we've, we've got a massive run of bad one coming up. So, oh god. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Um, and Chad, uh, any uh, any plugs? I mean, nowadays I'm basically just doing the uh, Harlock meme page, but that's it. Uh, you know, Excellent. Captain Harlock and the Arcadia. Excellent, excellent. We'll go check them out again. Um, these will be in the show notes where you can tune in or where you can uh, drop a line into um, on the page. Next phase, loonies, uh, we're going, let's, uh, yeah, uh, next phase, sorry, I've just had a look at the prompt sheet, that's kind of wrong, but anyway, next phase, we're going um, to an idle chat again, uh, and that will be, I'll have on the show, Drew Toombs, so one of the top two patronies, looking forward to chatting with Drew, Um, he seems like a very cool dude, uh, and we'll be talking first uh, with our idle chat on, I guess we're going to compare, and we did touch upon it now, uh, Mark's ensemble cast compared to the new um, and how they both kind of stack up. So that should be interesting. I mean, I know there's a lot of Frenchie lovers and and, uh, <laughs> and, and Jenna lovers and stuff. So um, how, how, you know, how does the new crew um, rank? I mean, albeit we don't know too much about Soldier and, and Terry and such, but you know, Reese and Dr. Sturman. So that maybe will be a by ver- next week, then Ray will know all their names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to <laughs> trawl yes. through the pages. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, look forward to that with Drew. And then towards the end of that week, we'll have a um, we'll have a comic book review for you, a Jeff Lemire one. Can't wait. I put that on the discussion thread already, issue 14. Get your thoughts in on that as well because, yeah, that's going to be a fun talk. Um, as mentioned at the top of the show, patreon.com slash Knight. Please check it out if you want to consider becoming a Patreon member. Uh, lots of incentives, some bonus episodes have been dropping. I'll be dropping one each month. Uh, just on, They're not necessarily Moon Knight related, but they're a lot of fun. Uh, go check them out. Uh, also, as mentioned, sponsored by Fringe Night. If you can support Daniel on Patreon at patreon.com slash fringe night 27. And uh, the aforementioned Drew Tombs. Now, he has um, a SoundCloud account, soundcloud.com slash tombs. You can support his music there. Or on Bandcamp, lurk music with a ck.bandcamp.com. Uh, yeah, you can buy some of Drew's music. Uh, and finally, Dreamland Comics as well. If you use the code... T- uh, moon you'll get 20 percent off their online store Do it. Uh, fo- yeah absolutely find out um any back issues you guys are after or or thinking of getting <laughs> I, th- I just I, I just bought a cheesy uh i just bought the one where damian wayne um has to be back for a day after that oh. film was uh the new film there was there's a, there's a film being made of it and somebody said oh it's from this annual don't ask me what it is some some Batman and Robin annual, so I just bought that because 
it's very cute and it's got like kind of six-year-old Damien dressed up as I couldn't resist. So, um, Sounds nice. Yeah. I, I I find them quite randomly. Like back issues for me are just like I I read someone says something and somebody will say what did that happen in and then and then I just go and buy it. So if I can. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And Chad, any other back issues that you might be hunting down? Right now, I'm kind of looking for uh, some of the Sandman issues that link up with Locking Key. Nice. Nice. Oh. Okay, wow. Didn't know that they linked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a few of them. Cool. Fantastic. Oh, definitely. Um, more recently for me, I mean, um, far out, Rebecca, I missed out on uh, The Curse of the Ebony Blade. I've got, like, the first three issues. I didn't get four and five, and they're hard to get now. I don't, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm just trying to track down. If anyone has issues four and five, just let me know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And finally, as well, we're part of the collective as well. A, a huge. I've updated the the web page for it, so uh, all the shows are on there as well. Really great shows like uh, Ghost Spider Groupies. It's on Spider Gwen. Happiness in Darkness. It's on uh, superhero movies mm. um, that Nick uh, reviews. And uh, and yeah, as I mentioned, Tomes of Evil, a super villain podcast by Russell. Um, so you can all check that out. Um, yep, yeah, on our page. Also, so finally, email us at feedback at itkmoonlight.com. We've got a website, itkmoonlight.com, and we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and uh, and for the likes of Podchase and Apple Podcasts, if you can leave a review, that would be awesome. Uh, will just help us get out there a little bit more. Yeah. So, yeah. So that about wraps it. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Rebecca and Chad, for, for coming on. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, thanks to see. Uh, good to see a couple of cats there make a cameo appearance. <laughs> um, my cats, I don't know where they are. I think they're in the other room. Yeah, Aussie got oh, bored as well. Yeah, Aussie. Well, Aussie, yeah, far out. Just really made a show of it. <laughs> and oh, look at look at our look. Uh, video for Patreon members there. You can see Chad's cat, oh. uh, and, and you could have seen Rebecca's. Yeah, you he's very, yeah, yeah, very happy to be carried like that. Yeah, he's a great cat. Ozzy likes being carried like that as well, funnily enough. Oh. Oh. Yeah, maybe it's a black cat thing. (laughs) Probably. Um, Anyway, a huge thank you once again. And as always, may Connishu, not Connishu, may Connishu watch over the denizens (laughs) of the night. Catch you later. See you. Bye. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.